Chapter 29 Corporal August was stressed. Gwen could tell, because apparently the way August dealt with stress was to try and displace it onto others in the most aggravating ways possible. And between sorting out the affairs of the Seely Court, dealing with investigating more deeply into his mother and her actions without having her suspect him, and, he thought, failing, waiting for Ash to get in contact with him, and still fearing he wouldn't actually remember their meeting, dealing with August's increasingly cutting remarks, and his attempts to incite Gwen into argument was starting to wear. Not only that, but Gwen was sorting out his own private affairs. He was waiting to hear back from correspondence he had sent to the horsefay Tigbalan. He was on edge. If it didn't work out, he didn't have many other options. And he was quietly moving centuries of his own wealth, that which was separate from the Seely Court, out of the Seely Court. He'd always been in the habit of investing the wealth he'd gained privately from battles and exploration into different places, but he wanted to make sure he had multiple safety nets in place for himself. The first time he'd noticed the shift in August's mood, he'd been carefully notating allotments of wealth and deciding where he would store it for safekeeping. He was hunched over a desk in one of his many workrooms, only to have a sticky piece of waterweed land on the parchment and yank it out from under his hand, the fountain pen bleeding ink across the page. It was Gwen's quick reflexes that allowed him to turn and grab the parchment, but it tore, and August managed to snag the top quarter of it, and Gwen was left with a ripped, stained page in his hand, staring at August in outrage. "'What are you doing?' August said, snatching up the quarter of the page left over from his own waterweed and staring at it. "'I'm trying to get some work done. Do you mind?' "'No.' August sauntered closer, and Gwen hastily shuffled together the rest of the parchment. He didn't want August to figure out what he was doing. After all, if his plans to release August failed, then August likely wasn't going anywhere for some time, and then all of this work wouldn't matter. He didn't want August to suspect. He wanted it to work. August reached out for the parchments, and Gwen batted his hand away, glaring at him. Feel so bored. Go find something to read. No, August said. You're far more entertaining. His eyes sparked. He had the smug smirk on his face that meant he was spoiling for a fight. Gwen only glared at him. Get out, August. I'm not in the mood. That's why it's fun, August said. You're hiding things from me. Captivity is tedious. I don't know how you put up with it. Captivity? Gwen said, bewildered. I'm not captive. August laughed at him, snatched at the parchments under Gwen's forearms. Gwen stood, moved them out of the way placed them in a drawer, and locked it, pocketing the key. August mock pouted, but none of the mischief had left his eyes. "'You're a wonderful prisoner,' August said. "'You do whatever they tell you. "'Is it that you like to submit, "'or that you just know how to live like you're in a prison? "'It doesn't really matter either way.' Gwen didn't have the time or patience to deal with August when he was like this. Not now. Not with the amount of things that were drawing his focus, the other stresses he had in his life. August knew exactly where to push. Even when he was offering support, he offered it in a way that made Gwen feel stripped raw. But when he wasn't being supportive, and was just baiting him, it was caustic. "'Do you know what your new center is?' August said abruptly, and then his smirk tipped into a sly smile. "'Because I do.' Gwen shivered. He didn't know. He hadn't even been thinking about it. Nothing resonated, and he didn't want to know." Centers very rarely worked in his favor. Out of all four, loyalty, triumph, wildness, and justice, he'd only ever liked one of them. Go away, August. I dare say you won't like it. Gwen's hands clenched into fists. If you are so intent on aggravating me, there will be consequences. What? You'll send me to my room? Put me over your knee? Please. Why are you being like this? Gwen said and August raised his eyebrows. "'What are you hiding from me?' Gwen shook his head, his jaw ached with how hard he was grinding his teeth together. He thought about pushing past August and walking away, but August would only follow. Besides, Gwen didn't have to tell August every little thing going on in his life. He didn't have to tell him anything. It was only once he'd teleported out of the room that he'd realized that August was also likely stressed. But he couldn't find it in himself to care very much. There wasn't much more he could do for August, except what he was already doing. Albion turned up at the court two days later. 
He walked into the throne room while Gwen was holding open court, raised a hand in the imperious way that he did when he wanted Gwen's attention. He'd been king of the Atlantic Ocean for far longer than Gwen had been king of the city court, and Albion was revered by some humans as a demigod. His presence was felt in multiple worlds. Gwen had needed someone very experienced to look after the saltwater world of the Fae, and Albion had a brisk, stern manner that he appreciated. But seeing him landside in the city court was always a cause for concern. They drew off into a side room. Albion didn't sit down in one of the proffered chairs, but instead stood stiffly by the table, dark mustache and beard as pointed and perfectly groomed as always. His eyes were a deep, tempestuous blue. Wherever he went, the power of the Atlantic Ocean went with him. His clothing never helped. Today a severely cut black suit, a tiny pin of a wave on his lapel. "'Ill tidings?' Gwen prompted. "'Nay, not particularly. I came to ask your intentions for the Seely Court now that the wars are over. Little time has passed, I am aware, but you only have a coterie of two, and both of us are seafay. I'm concerned for the state of the court.' Gwen repressed the urge to swallow. His face remained impassive. He'd always been unusual for only ever electing two fey to inner court status, which was the status reserved for those who were designed to be direct assistants to the king or queen. Do you believe I need a larger coterie? Your disposition is like mine, and we are not well suited to entertaining our people. And take it from me. It is my perception that land-based fey need far more entertainment than those of the sea. There is more leisure up here under the direct rays of the sun than there is down there with the merfolk in the selkies. And you came here to tell me this? Gwen said, eyes narrowing. Don't dissemble, Albion. This is me you're talking to. Albion grimaced, and then pressed his thumb and forefinger to the point of his beard, pensively. There is a rumor beginning to spread that you are not suited for kingship. I would see that allayed as soon as possible. Certainly your wish to keep the once unseely king alive was a very unmercenary gesture, especially from you. It is not a decision I would have made, but then I was not voted in as king. You were. Have you considered why you were? People expected you to make the hard decisions that they could not. Gwen shook his head, frustrated. They wanted the Akushka defeated. They wanted the Nightmare King defeated. Behold, I delivered Albion and his heart was beginning to beat faster in his chest. Was this what Kriel was up to? Had it already started? The Akushka is wily. He is not defeated until he is dead, and another can be born in his stead. But I have not come to argue the matter of his life with you. All reports from the display were that he was suitably cowed. I would suggest, as one of your advisers, that you might wish to appoint an inner court coterie member to deal specifically with the more leisurely aspects of the court, those parts that you wish to have nothing to do with. Gwen knew what Albion was going to say next before he even said it. He took a deep, silent breath and wondered when it was that Creel and Albion had ended up becoming close, or if they always had been and he just hadn't known it. Unlikely. You vetted Albion and Undine thoroughly, remember? Creel has managed the social affairs of the court with finesse since the Oak King was in power, Albion continued, and Gwen wished he had some battleground to visit, someone to hack his sword into. She is your mother. She is charming. She knows the sorts of functions and events to arrange seasonally, to keep the Fae entertained and convinced they are in a warm and inviting court. But she is already doing this within the court, Gwen said. Albion shook his head. It would give you credit within the court if you would officially appoint her, raise her to inner court status. The other fae would then know that you care enough about these matters to allocate this one to someone officially, rather than shunt it to the side as you always do. Do not misunderstand me, I find it all very much a waste of my time, but rumours are reaching my ears in the saltwater world, which means they are spreading far indeed. Albion laughed. <laughs> The wars are over, Gwen. You're supposed to at least give the impression that matters are not so serious now. Aren't they? Gwen said. Feyland is still blighted. Some Fey are still wasting away. The illness takes its toll over time. And there are those who have not yet been able to find replacement lands for the ones that were taken from them. The unseelie court is unstable and that is their own business and not any of ours. 
The last time the unseated court was unstable, I was voted into kingship without my consent, which goes against the standard, Gwen snapped. We cannot afford to bury our heads in the sand about this. It was high praise that the Oak King thought you worthy to be his heir to the throne, Albion said, his voice stiff. But Gwen didn't want to hear an argument about the Oak King. Everyone remembered him so fondly, but Gwen worked for him as a war general, and he knew the measure of his strength. He was a coward, Gwen said. He was a coward who didn't want to deal with an alien threat. Otherwise, he could simply have commanded me, as his general, to do what he wanted me to do. I would have applied myself just as much to the cause, if not more so, with an army at my disposal and no pressure to live out two and a half centuries in the Seelie Court. He simply didn't want to reign during a time of extreme conflict. Albion didn't say anything. The air became piquant with salt. It smelled as though a storm was coming. Albion himself was still, his eyes looking off into the horizon. Slowly, his gaze fell back upon Gwen like a crashing wave. Is it that you disapprove of me calling him coward? Gwen said. It was obvious Albion did. Gwen imagined that he must seem a very ill-equipped king after the long, beloved reign of the Oak King. I am not aware enough of land-based fay to make many recommendations to you, and neither is Ondine. If you would not appoint Creel as a direct advisor, you might wish to go to her for recommendations. Well done, mother, Gwen thought. Point to you, perhaps several. The rumors must truly be dire. Gwen said. Albion nodded. I was content to let them go, until I heard one rumor that some court fay are thinking of putting your kingship up for a vote. Gwen almost said, let them, but stopped himself at the last minute. He needed his kingship in order to release August. He felt like he was in a vice. All this time, and he wanted nothing more than to be voted out of kingship in a way that wouldn't see him slaughtered and now he needed the kingship just long enough that he could speak the words to release August. He needed only a few more weeks, he hoped. Nothing more. It bothers you? Albion said. Gwen wondered how much his expression had betrayed. He said nothing, using the silence as a net in which Albion might throw some words. And Albion did. I came because I wanted to see what I could do to assist you. I cannot live here long, obviously, but I wish to keep a closer eye on things on your behalf. I would not see you voted out early unless it was what you so desired. Albion, this is not something you need to concern yourself with. I'm here now, Albion said. Gwyn couldn't help but feel that Albion was there to both babysit him and keep a closer eye on the court. He'd never had the sense that Albion was angling for the Seely throne, but he was always a suitable candidate, with far greater experience in ruling large and diverse populations of Fae. Not only that, but Albion had fallen into the advisor role for Gwen in the past, and they had always had a slightly unequal relationship. Albion respected Gwen's noose with combat, but in matters of ruling, Gwen had often deferred to Albion's judgment. It angered him. He wasn't trained or skilled at the sorts of gossip and underhanded machinations that made up the underbelly of the city court. He'd always assumed that all of his training in war tactics, his reading up on the group theory that governed the battlefield, would help him when it came to one-on-one -on -one conflicts within his court, but either he'd missed something along the way, or it didn't quite translate. His awkwardness and lack of innate Drioct made things even more difficult. And Creel was aiming for a status raise. He'd be hard-pressed to turn her down unless he could think of a substitute, and any silly substitute in the court would be under her sway. He didn't even need to wonder why no one else saw her for what she really was. Her center was appearance. Her ability with the Drioct was almost unparalleled. Even her secondary elemental affiliation was that of glamour. It was a rare affiliation often associated with shapeshifters and mages born to be illusionists. Creel made people believe what she wanted them to believe. And he only saw her for what she really was, because she wanted him to know what a monster she was beneath it all. I do appreciate your concern, Gwen said, even though he felt nothing of the sort. But of course, Albion said. Now, come along into the throne room with me and at least make a good show of it. They all might as well remember that you have an inner court. Gwen nodded. It was sound advice. Watching Creel and Albion greet each other like old friends, having no idea when that had happened, soured his mood for the rest of the day. Gwen was stripping down to shower when August entered. Gwen immediately tensed. After the long day he'd had, he ached like he'd spent a day out on the battlefield. He'd only sat and stood and talked, mostly listened, 
in the court. Albion and Creel had drawn him out into multiple group conversations, and he'd navigated each one as best as possible, which still meant poorly. Creel was so pleased with herself, and Gwen could feel the kingship slipping away. He knew it was petty, but he loathed them all for voting him into power in the first place. Creel, of course, hadn't. But the rest of the court fay had all raised their hands for him, transferred the power from the Oak King to Gwen, without him having the faintest knowledge that they were even considering him. It wasn't illegal, but it also wasn't considered appropriate. Possibly the Oak King knew all along that Gwen would say no otherwise. It confounded him, because he could have done what was expected of him just as well from the position of general. It had felt like an insult, even though he'd had to remind himself very constantly that it wasn't. It was a great honor and privilege. It was a sign of how much they wanted him in the position. Or perhaps just a sign of how much the Oak King didn't want to confront the Nightmare King, at a time when no one else wanted to step up to the responsibility of defeating him. Leave me alone. Gwen said, as August sat down in his bed and bounced on the mattress. You reek of salt. Of course, saltwater and freshwater fay were incompatible. Freshwater fay like August could come up with rashes with exposure to saltwater and saltwater fay. It burnt their eyes and throat. Just as many freshwater fish wouldn't survive in the ocean, so many freshwater fay strongly reviled being around sea fay. I'm about to shower, Gwen said. Why do you reek of salt? Has your inner court come to visit? I'll be on, Gwen said abruptly. He grabbed a folded towel and wrapped it around himself. He felt exposed. He felt too raw for nudity. August raised his eyebrows in shock, and then lowered them in suspicion. Gwen didn't have the time nor patience to deal with August's paranoia, or whatever was brewing in his head. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to think. He wanted hot water and to scrub the court off him. I want to do this later, Gwen said. Oh, no, August said. You're not a prisoner. Whatever was I thinking? August, Gwen snarled. Out of all the people you could let hold you captive, why does it have to be those dreary souls? Truly, they are spectacularly dour. Here, I'll make the transition easy for you. Just be my prisoner. Gwen snapped. He stepped forwards and picked August up by the collar, dragging him to his door. August didn't even fight him, only started to laugh. It was infuriating. He showed no signs of the softness that Gwen had seen from him. Gwen was almost upset, except that he knew he couldn't trust that softness. He knew he couldn't. Get out! Gwen pushed him through the door and closed it behind him, locking it. He'd had enough. He ended up sitting on the floor of his shower, hair plastered to his head and water trickling in rivulets down his face. It was scalding, his skin had turned red, and he didn't want to leave. His mind was cluttered. It shoved half-finished thoughts at him in fits and starts. He could feel the touches of Creel's hand on his forearm, shoulder, the back of his hand, the small of his back. She'd even reached out and cupped his cheek at one point, in a sign of affectionate maternal care. It was so false. Not only that, but each touch was a cause for tension, waiting for the small, spiteful pains that Creel liked to inflict on him while others weren't looking. And indeed, she'd managed at one point to bite the skin of his inner elbow between the sharp nails of her index finger and thumb. He'd swallowed convulsively, stared at her, and though she released him, she didn't miss a beat in her conversation. It was so like his childhood that he wished desperately for forest cabins, for small cots and training camps. He felt lost over what to do about August. He had to release him. Gwen's own spirit demanded nothing less. But it was only a matter of time before August either betrayed him, or, alternatively, realized all the monstrosities Gwen had committed against him. Only a matter of time before Gwen found out that all those touches, as sincere as some of them felt, were make-believe. He was buying into a fantasy. He was so desperate for it to be true. He lowered his head to his knee and began to shake. But it was rage that found him, not fear or loss. He was outraged at the position he found himself in, at the cage he was caught in. He wanted violence and action and blood, and his fingernails found a tiny measure of it, pressing half-moon wounds into his shins over and over again, the water washing all signs of blood away, and his own healing sealing up his skin so it could be freshly wounded once more. Albion was true to his word. He showed up every day. He didn't place a great deal more pressure on Gwen to be in the throne room more often, 
but Gwen couldn't help but feel like he was being supervised. He was frustrated with Albion for not seeing through Creel, tired of the fear he felt around his own mother. August seemed to have hit his own patch of instability. Gwen knew that August thought he was up to something, but he didn't dare reveal his plans. And captivity had to chafe at him. Just because he'd exchanged a cell for a series of concentric palatial rooms didn't mean that he wasn't still captive in a court that scraped at the energy of all unsilly August had taken to venting himself on Gwen, usually in the form of attempting to bait him and draw him into argument. It was getting harder and harder not to snap, not to resort to violence. The less he responded to August's verbal barbs, the worse August got. In spare moments, Gwen wondered if August truly did know what his new center was and he wondered what it might be, that August thought he wouldn't like it. He didn't even know how August could tell, except that August seemed to have a gift with these things. When Gwen Center had shattered from triumph, August had suggested that he make a home for himself in the forest for a while when they'd said farewell. It hadn't made any sense, until Gwen realized that his center was wildness several months later. And then he'd wondered at it, how August had known. He hadn't made another excuse to use his light again, August had given him much food for thought at the estate, but he couldn't bring himself to go back, and that played on him too. "'Do you ever think about it?' August said, interrupting Gwen as he tried to distract himself from his own irritation with map-making. It wasn't going so well. He had run out of a certain ink he'd needed while halfway through his lettering, only to realize that he couldn't quite match the shade again without venturing out to collect more sea snails for their violet blood.' He was already grinding his teeth when he felt August behind him, and made a sound of frustration when August drummed his fingers on Gwen's back idly. August, how many times do I have to tell you that I am not in the mood for your mischief? Take it elsewhere. My tether is short. Do you ever think about the big, fancy cage they put you in? It's one thing to be a war general, isn't it? To be out there in the great, wide-open world, killing and feeding on a day-to-day basis. But in here it's so different. I can feel it, and I haven't been made to live here as long as you have. It must itch at you. Your incessant need to make my life miserable is far more irritating, trust me, Gwen said. August laughed like he'd said something delightful. (laughs) Oh, you liar. Gwen closed his eyes, remembered Ash calling him a liar in the bar, remembered his idle mention that Gwen Center should have been deceit. For all he knew, it was now. August placed a possessive hand on Gwen's neck, and Gwen stood up so quickly his chair tipped over, pushing August backwards. August's eyes gleamed with a hungry, avid light. Gwen was so tired of it, being played by everyone around him. Creel in the court, even Albion now, so confident in the security of his own Atlantic Ocean kingdom that he was comfortable leaving it behind. Get out, August. You're so grim these days. And that's saying something, honestly. Perhaps it's all this time you've spent around Seely Fay. Everyone knows they don't like to have a good time. We have a saying, back in our court, that I don't want to hear it, Gwen snapped. Years of hearing the Seely Fay gripe about the unseely while he was there, he came to learn the difference between good-natured teasing and picking on an entire alignment who couldn't be there to defend themselves. At least in Gwen's battles, the opposing side usually had a chance to fight back. And of course I think about it. Gwen said, referring back to something else August had asked. I thought you were supposed to be intelligent. Either you already know that it's a problem for me, in which case you are just baiting me, or I vastly overestimated you. August smiled darkly. Have you always dealt with your own stress like a child? Gwen said, narrowing his eyes. You could tell me that captivity is wearing on you. You could ask me to take you places outside of the court, provided that I don't think you're a flight risk and that you won't be attacked by others. Instead, you pick at others because you cannot stand to look at your own problems. Don't forget that it's just fun, August said, sounding downright gleeful. His expression shifted slightly, and he watched Gwen like he could see everything in his mind. Gwen hated that because he couldn't, but it still made him feel unfairly scrutinized. Do you need me to take over for a little while? August said, and Gwen shook his head. I need you to leave me alone so I can get some things done. The map? Is it so important? What has been going on in your kingdom lately? Why is Albion here? And just hearing Albion's name again, thinking about how he'd been shepherded around his own court by the both of them, Creel and Albion both treating him like some recalcitrant child that needed to be retrained like a willful puppy, sent his frustration soaring, 
He did not want to talk about this. He was finding it hard enough to keep himself in check as it was. He pushed past August, shaking his head as he went. His mistake was not simply teleporting away. Waterweed wrapped around his ankles, and Gwen fell badly. His shoulder hit the doorframe so hard that he could only get one arm under himself in time, and his forehead still fell against floorboards. That was it. August was in the middle of saying something, but Gwen had reached his limit. His vision flashed red, and he tore off thick ropes of waterweed in his bare hands, splitting it with his fingers. Sat blood sticky over his skin, smelled astringent and green. He was tired of people not listening to him, and if they wanted to push him until he snapped, then they could just deal with the consequences. "'If you insist on acting like a child,' Gwen snarled, stalking towards August, "'then I shall treat you like one.' He grabbed August by the throat, grasping his wrists with his other hand when August went to use pressure points to disarm him. August's eyes were wide. He always looked so shocked when he pushed Gwen too far, which was ridiculous because he always did it. He teleported them both into his room and dragged August over to his bed. "'Are you going to fuck your way out of telling me what's been going on?' August croaked around the hold Gwen had on his throat. Gwen said nothing as he sat down on the edge of the bed, letting go of August's throat and unbuckling his belt, drawing it out of his pants. August was still gasping for air when Gwen spun August around and dragged his wrists behind him, cinching them tight with the belt. It was a rough tie, and August was already struggling against it. Gwen felt anticipation thunder through him. He never normally did these things, except that August had given him the idea. And so, when he yanked down August's pants, and then used his considerable strength to pit himself against August's struggles and force him over both his knees, he found himself breathless with it. The instant August was belly down on Gwen's thighs, he stilled for two seconds, before giving an indignant screech and struggling so hard that he ended up hurting himself, making a short cry of pain as he tried to get away from Gwen's implacable strength. No, August said. No, if you're not going to fuck me, put me down. You think, Gwen said as he let August fight back against him, enjoying the thrill of having a fae with significant strength pit themselves against his own strength and fail. You think you can just treat me with disrespect whenever you like. I did say there would be consequences. He placed his hand on August's ass, a quiet threat, and August heaved for a single, huge breath of air. If you can't treat me with respect, then maybe I should teach you some. Don't you dare! The first open-handed slap against August's ass was lighter than Gwen had intended, but it was still not a light strike, and the sound of it dominated the room. August stiffened, fucked against him, and with only one hand holding August down, he managed to slip several inches toward the floor. Gwen yanked him back up again, wrenching his arms, and August made a strangled sound. "'Why wouldn't I dare?' Gwen said, bringing his hand down again. The second strike was harder, and August flinched, and then stayed silent through two more smacks, each falling on the same spot, because a part of Gwen wanted him to hurt. "'Look at what you dare, August.' If you want to push me, maybe you shouldn't act so surprised when I push back. Gwen trailed his fingers over the cheek that he'd smacked, noticing that the skin was already beginning to redden, and August below him was trembling. Even with his center gone, it had to grate at him. This must be humiliating for you, Gwen said, staring at August hungrily. His legs were trapped in his pants, his boots were still on, even his shirt. His fingers were stiffened into claws, and he kept his head down towards the bed but his breathing was unsteady. He sounded distressed. Is it? To have a fake king put you over his knees like you? You had best never untie my wrists, August said, his voice hard. Don't worry, August. I'm perfectly aware that you'll visit some sort of revenge on me, Gwen said, scratching his nails roughly down the back of August's thigh and listening to him exhale sharply. That's why I plan on making the most of this. I beg your pardon, August said. Gwen grinned. This was just what he needed after the week he'd had. There was something so very satisfying about having August beneath him, or subdued, or his. For all that Gwen enjoyed submitting, stealing submission from August was something he wanted more of. And there was something about knowing that August clearly expected something different, knowing that August was angling for a particular outcome, and providing this instead that made a dark curl of pleasure thrill through him. I'd say brace yourself, but you can't, can you? August started to make a sound of outrage which was abruptly cut off when Gwen aimed his neck slap for August's other ass cheek, the feel of it satisfying against the flat of his palm. What he wanted now was sounds, for noises to fall from August's throat, since it was obvious he didn't want to give up anything. He started an uneven rhythm. 
It was tempting to fall into a steady beat upon August's skin, but Gwen had learned from August that sometimes uneven was better. Sometimes it was better not to know what might be happening next. August beneath him was tense, his shoulders heaved in broken hitches, as though he was holding his breath constantly. Gwen bit his lower lip, aimed for the softer flesh where thigh met the slope of his ass. August yelped and then growled low in his throat, a sinister, threatening sound that made Gwen slap him in the same place a second time. August cried out, voice breaking on pain and surprise and outrage. He turned his head, stared venom at Gwen. His face was flushed much darker than usual, and his eyes were bright. Gwen wondered if it was pain, or humiliation, or both. Gwen maintained a steady eye contact with him, and then deliberately smacked him three more times, and August's eyes widened, and then he turned his head immediately back to the blankets, his arms jerking. "'Didn't your center used to be dominance?' Gwen said, smacking him directly in the center of his ass and drinking down the low grunt, the jerk that followed. He couldn't help himself. For months he'd been listening to August talk to him like this. He understood why August liked it so much. August hissed breath from between his teeth, opened his mouth to respond, and Gwen smacked him before he could utter more than a syllable. He waited for August to start again, knowing he would, knowing how much August liked to control a scene with words. And as soon as August started to talk once more... Gwen brought his hand down harder. Be quiet, for once. Do you know what I'm thinking of right now? Fucking you raw, August growled, and Gwen swallowed, repressed a shiver. He shouldn't like that. He didn't think he did like that. But whenever August talked to him in that tone of voice, it became harder to concentrate. I said, be quiet. Gwen began to spank him in earnest, not pausing between the strokes for more than a second, making sure that each smack landed hard and firm. The air was filled with the sound of it, and August began to struggle in earnest. He tried to work threats out of his throat, but Gwen didn't let him, watching as the skin reddened deeply under his handiwork. A minute passed. August had given up trying to speak in favor of small, broken noises, cut off before they could pass his teeth. They were repressed, unhappy things. And Gwen felt uneasy, began to think he should slow down, or stop, until he shifted his legs and felt the hardness of August's erection brush against the inside of his thigh. His eyes flew open, and unconsciously he smacked harder. August cried out, snarled on the very next breath. Ugh! Ugh! You don't know your own strength! I'm holding back, Gwen said, and then paused, holding August down while he shifted his thigh beneath him, brushing deliberately against his cock. August made a thin, shaky sound. It's gone. Gwen said, keeping August pinned with one hand and reaching beneath his hip, brushing his fingers across his erection and listening to the way August's breathing shook. That center of yours is gone. Did I fuck it out of you? Or did you, with your smart mouth, get it fucked out of yourself? August said nothing, but the words must have gotten to him, because his wrists strained and pulled at the belt so hard that Gwen could see his wrists reddening before his eyes. Gwen stopped idly touching August's cock and moved his hand back over his ass again, holding his palm about a centimeter above the tormented flesh, feeling heat radiating from it. He took up a handful of August's ass cheek in his palm, a rough, insensitive grope, and August groaned. He tried to push his hips down and out of Gwen's grip, grinding himself into Gwen's thigh at the same time. I can't believe you like this, Gwen said, and August stilled. But he couldn't hide the fact that he was hard. You can't believe it either. Gwen rubbed his palm over August's ass, digging his nails into places that were redder than the others. August squirmed at every harder touch. Gwen kept expecting him to say something, but August was holding his tongue, and Gwen closed his eyes, savoring it. But he couldn't feel the sting of it in his palm, and he wanted that too. He lifted his hand, and August gave a sharp intake of breath with the movement, tensing once more. August flinched at the next smack, and Gwen shifted as he spanked him, drawing his legs together until August's cock was trapped beneath his thighs. August made a sound of frustration and need, and then a dry sob that was caught in the heave of his lungs. Gwen didn't let up. He was starting to feel the sting of it in his own hand when August's mouth opened and he let out a sharp series of sobs that were stoppered up again, swallowed back down. But August's breathing became wetter, more labored, and it was obvious that he was struggling, though still hard between Gwen's thighs. Gwen paused, scraped his fingers down August's ass again, and August didn't calm, but let out a louder noise of distress that was immediately swallowed. The vague note of unease that had sounded in him before flared. August? August shook in his grip, didn't say anything. After a few seconds, he shook his head, 
gave another thin sound, this one far more despairing, and Gwen's eyes widened in horror. It didn't matter that August was still hard. Something was wrong. He let go of August's wrists, and Gwen felt something like a cold stone move through his gut when August didn't try to move away. When he didn't move at all. Gwen hurriedly undid the belt, drew it away from Gray's reddened wrists, and... August flipped over and his hands shot up and outwards, index fingers and thumbs pressing up underneath his jaw and making Gwen's head shriek with pain. He tried to lift his arms to push August back, shock and dread quickly eclipsing the concern he'd felt, but the pressure points numbed his arms, an ache moving down the nerves of them. August stared at him, breathing hard, eyes still filmed over with wetness, tear tracks making their way down both cheeks. But there was a vindictive, triumphant expression on his face, an upward curl to his lips, a flare of his nostrils which was hunger, not pain. Gwen realized he'd been played. August pushed him backwards to the bed, wincing as he shifted. He moved one hand away from Gwen's jaw and splayed the other so that four fingers were digging up hard into the pressure points, making it feel like August was trying to pierce the underside of his jaw. He made a choked sound, couldn't move properly. His hips were at the edge of the bed, his legs hanging off. He couldn't even get leverage. He twisted to move August off him, and August backhanded him twice in quick succession, the second blow harder than the first. Gwen blinked, his jaw was locked up, there were bright sparks in front of his eyes. His ears rung from the force of it. Surrender, August said as he reached for the belt. Gwen couldn't open his mouth to say no. You will let me slide this belt around your wrists, or I will slide it around your throat. Do you understand? August held the belt up, and Gwen nodded quickly because everything was happening too fast, and one moment he felt like he'd been in control of the situation, and now his face hurt, his arms ached, and he didn't want to anger August further. August had promised revenge. Gwen just hadn't expected it to be so soon. August quickly released the pressure points at Gwen's jaw and slid the loop of the belt over both of Gwen's wrists at his front, cinching the belt tightly. He got up and kicked off his boots, his pants, still hard, and then took off his shirt, dropping it by the side of the bed. Gwen flexed his wrists against the belt as August yanked his own pants down to his boots, and then left them there, bunched around his ankles, keeping him from being able to shift his legs. "'You naive idiot!' August hissed, turning Gwen over onto his front with supernatural strength. "'Now, where do you keep your lubricant again? Oh, that's right, everywhere!' August drew it out from under the pillow where Gwen had left it last time, and Gwen started to slide backwards off the bed, getting his feet under him. He didn't know what he wanted, but he wasn't sure he should let August do... August reached between his legs and cupped his balls in his hand. He didn't squeeze. He didn't need to. Gwen froze. Very good, August said, his voice finally easing. Good. You played me, Gwen said, dumbly. You bought it, August crooned, and shifted his fingers around the soft flesh he cupped, making Gwen's breath hitch. It was sensitive, and it was almost too much. Gwen was on high alert. His senses were already in overdrive. Gwen thought that maybe August would spank him now, would retaliate, and forehead furrowed, he pushed his face into the bed. He shook his head slightly. He didn't know if he wanted it. He was almost certain it wouldn't matter. It's been some time since I've been inside you, hasn't it? August started to lean against Gwen's thighs, and then bit off a growl of frustration. A moment later... Gwen's boots were being unlaced and pulled off, tossed into the corner of the room. His pants were roughly removed. August kicked Gwen's legs apart and stood between them, and Gwen felt exposed. He couldn't get his hands free. Yes, Gwen said, realizing it had been. I think the last time I got to be inside your ass, you were squealing and face down in a corridor. Gwen shuddered, his hands awkwardly fisted where they were bound beneath him. Gwen squeezed his eyes shut, even though he couldn't see anything anyway. It was on the tip of his tongue to say that he didn't want it to be like that, but he couldn't quite get the words out. After a few seconds, he tilted his head to the side, kept his eyes shut. "'Are you going to do it again?' Gwen said, thinking that August seemed to be in the mood for it. "'Shut up!' August snarled, and then Gwen jerked when he felt two cold, slick fingers pressed between his ass cheeks. They didn't press in, only shifted back and forth in small, slow movements, then slowed down further. Gwen's tension abated just enough that he could feel the intimate pleasure of it. His breathing slowed and then sped up again. The lubricant began to warm up. It felt less uncomfortable. There was still another hand between his legs, cupping him, 
making him so, so still. Don't do it like that again, Gwen thought at August, but he couldn't bring himself to say it. He was a ball of mixed feelings over what had happened last time, and August was angry at him, and Gwen didn't know what to do. Should I? August said. Do you want me to do it again? Gwen opened his mouth to answer, but no words came. It should have been easy. He was angry at himself. Only two minutes ago he'd had August over his knees, and it was wonderful. And now... This was frightening. He had no idea of August's motives or desires at this point. But he didn't know how to just say, I don't want it. His fingers curled underneath him in frustration. There were just words. Ah, oh, August said. Let me make it easier for you. If you want it to happen like that again, say, I want you to rip me apart, August, and I'll oblige. And if you don't, say nothing. Gwen's shoulders sagged in relief, and he turned his head to the side, gulping for breath. That was easier. That was much easier. It also made him realize that August perhaps wasn't in the mood that he thought he was. Good, August purred, grinding his hips against Gwen's. Gwen felt the length of his erection press against his ass, push August's fingers closer to his entrance, and he shifted his face back to the blankets to hide noises that waited. Do you miss it, my cock inside you? Gwen nodded, closed his legs around August's legs, wanting more contact. August laughed under his breath. He shifted his hand away from Gwen's balls and smoothed the flat of his palm down the center of his spine, even as he pushed the first warm finger inside. Gwen squirmed on the bed, opened his mouth to breathe. He didn't know if he would ever get used to this. August often prepared him quickly, so he was expecting August to press back with two fingers straight away, but he didn't, and Gwen found the position uncomfortable, wanted to be on the mattress properly. He was crushing his own arms and hands, the belt cut into his skin. But he found himself feeling less fractious than he had for some time. It didn't seem right. Everyone telling him what to do made him feel trapped in his surroundings. But as soon as August took control, he felt different, as though he could put his mind down for a little while. Minutes passed, and Gwen wanted more, pushed his hips back unconsciously. August returned with two fingers, teasing at his entrance before pushing firmly in. The rhythm he set up was faster now, firmer, and Gwen gulped down air. At the third finger, Gwen groaned, the noise strangling off into a far higher sound. He shifted his legs, squirmed. August avoided his prostate, worked him open with a quiet efficiency. His other hand began scratching at Gwen's skin. Nothing that broke the surface, just slow drags of his fingers that made his skin tingle and heat through. It was a soothing counterpoint to what was happening. He could feel his heart thumping in his chest. He could feel it in his neck, his wrists, his gut. "'Why aren't you hurting me?' Gwen said, and August said nothing, only moved his fingers within him, Gwen's breathing and August's fingers moving, the only sound in the room." When August withdrew his fingers and opened the vial of lubricant again, Gwen turned his face to the side. He couldn't even brace himself with his hands being imprisoned. He could only see August in the outer edges of his peripheral vision. Didn't know the expression on his face. Couldn't tell why he was being so quiet. And then August was stepping closer between his legs, and he felt the blunt weight of him sliding through the lubricant already there, cold and warm mixing together. Gwen's breath hitched as August pushed inside of him. He groaned at the stretch of it tension spooling away when he realized it wasn't painful. It wasn't anything like last time. Gwen moaned, tugged on the belt. He could get his hands free if he really wanted to. A single belt buckle wouldn't stop him if he really pitted himself against it. But August was sinking deeper in increments, keeping the penetration slow, and Gwen was becoming hypersensitive beneath him. Surrender, August said again. It was such an odd choice of word, and Gwen opened his mouth to say, No again, when something inside of him responded to the word. A moment of profound resonance, like a bell had been struck. All of his nerves set alight, and his eyes flew open, the room around him invasive suddenly, too close. Surrender. Images of white flags, of soldiers laying down their arms, of Faye unwillingly surrendering to captivity, even of August surrendering to Gwen and his own brother, flashed in vivid, daring brightness in his own mind. No. Gwen whispered, a denial. No, no, no. It can't be. You've realized, then, August said. Your new core. It's surrender. 
Imagine, out of everything you could have transitioned to, you transitioned to being suited to being right here, underneath me, a cock inside you. It could be anyone's, I think. It probably wouldn't even need to be mine. Think about that for a few seconds. August withdrew a few inches and slid back. He wasn't fully seated yet, and Gwen already felt full, disarmed. But his mind was awake and thundering, and panic was spiraling through him. He tugged on his wrists again. His breath came faster. No, Gwen said. What kind of a center is that? It can't be your... You... you did this to me. Gwen was struggling, pushing forward into the bed to try and dislodge August, dragging his arms up underneath himself and making a strangled, pained noise when he couldn't get them up past his chin because of the belt and his own weight, and August leaning down on him stopped him. He yanked hard, panicking, wrists screeching at him. August was saying something, always saying something, and Gwen didn't want to listen. He couldn't afford a center like that. Not now. Not with the steely kingdom falling towards Creel and... And yet it had rung true. August dug his fingers into pressure points at Gwen's hip, slid his hand up along Gwen's ribs on the other side. He dug his fingers into Gwen's side, and Gwen stilled, pain lancing. After a little while, August eased up from the pressure points. Gwen didn't move. He breathed loudly, quickly. He felt like he'd stepped into a steel trap left by a hunter. All right, August said. Perhaps I should have let you figure that one out on your own. I did say you wouldn't like it. (laughs) This is because of you, Gwen said, accusing. August sighed. And then Gwen shouted as his senses were overtaken. August slid into him completely in one smooth, firm movement. He felt pinned to the bed, gasped over and over again. He felt dizzy, unmoored. August didn't move, stroked his flank, and then stroked at his ribs. Do you feel how you want to, though? August said. Do you feel it? Even when you laid your hand on me, spanked me like some misbehaving toddler, you were surrendering to your primal urges. Giving in. That's the challenge, isn't it? You don't know what to surrender to. Me? The court? Yourself? But you want to give up. You want to stop trying so hard. You are so tired, Gwen. You just want it over. He heard the words, but he could hardly comprehend their meaning. How could he, who had once had a center of triumph, end up with this? It was... revolting. It was the opposite of everything he tried to achieve in battle. The opposite of everything he had ever trained for. It was wrong. It was a fundamental, discordant jag inside of him. An ugly rift, and he made a strangled, despairing sound. No, Gwen said again, hating how weak he sounded, how faint his voice. No. You don't understand it yet, August said, sounding far too calm. You're thinking about it as a soldier might. You are not only a soldier, and somewhere you know that, or this core energy would never have come to you. Now, if we can stop indulging this existential crisis of yours, my ass hurts, and I would dearly like to distract myself. Untie my hands, Gwen said, and August laughed. To use a word you seem remarkably fond of today... No. August withdrew slowly, pushed back in at a speed that was not suited to Gwen, that was designed to be maddening. It was something August would have enjoyed, but for him it was far too slow. He pressed his lips together, realized through the vibration of his throat that he was whining. He abruptly cut off the sound. Ask me to go faster, August said. Gwen groaned. They were back to this again. It's easy, August said. You say, faster. A minute passed, and August started to withdraw, sighing in what was either genuine or mock disappointment. Gwen couldn't tell. His eyes flew open. He needed something to distract himself. He didn't want to think anymore. He didn't want to be left here tied up, uncertain what was going to happen next. August faster, Gwen breathed, thinking that his ears couldn't possibly get any warmer. August slid back in, set up a firm, undulating rhythm that was a deep ache of pleasure in Gwen's body. It felt good. He was rapidly hardening against the bed, the angle uncomfortable, yet he was finding it harder to care. And beneath that was a sense of suspense, or tension. August had threatened him, had talked about wanting to fuck him raw. Surely this... 
wasn't it? Surely whatever August had planned was still coming. Short claws dug furrows into his back, raking down, and went arched underneath the pain of it. And on its heels, pleasure chased itself all the way through him, and he moaned softly, hoping August would do it again. He did, aiming for a different point on his back. Gwen ground his hips down into the bed, gained a painful, rough friction for his cock. August rode the movement of Gwen's hips, then reached down and grasped them, pulling Gwen back into his thrusts. Gwen choked on the feel of it, whimpered, tried to force his breathing to calm, but he was too frayed at the edges, past the limits of what he could contain. He had enough energy to keep his light back, enough to pull absently on the belt that sandwiched his wrists and hands beneath his belly, but that was all. He couldn't get his hands down to his cock properly. August's movements in the belt made it impossible. <laughs> August, Gwyn gasped. August, please. And then he remembered the word surrender and clamped his mouth shut. His teeth ground together as August pushed him toward orgasm with an intensity that caused bursts of color to flash behind his eyelids. August was oddly silent, only scratching lines into Gwen's back, his shoulders, even his upper arms. August moaned softly, and Gwen hung on to the noise, felt something hot and sharp spike through him, a pleasure that was almost painful. And there, on the end of it, he crashed into his own release, surprised by its suddenness. He moaned sharply, his mouth opened on a cry, and August rode him through it, turning each of Gwen's spasms into friction-filled motions that made his cock slide in his own cum on the bed, that made Gwen painfully aware of how he tightened around August, how he could feel him moving still. "'Damn,' August said quietly, almost to himself. Gwen made a questioning noise, couldn't manage much more. He was tired, and he was becoming lax as August kept moving inside of him, aware of how much he was growing to like this. He was oversensitive and overstimulated, but there was something about August rocking back and forth inside of him once he'd already spent himself that made a part of his mind calm further. August never answered him. One moment he made a small, pained noise, and then he was spilling inside of Gwen, supporting himself on the hands on either side of Gwen's side, shuddering out long, shaking breaths. He gave a single, low moan at the end when Gwen pushed back into him, curious to see what it would do. August's head bowed all the way down, damp hair touching the scratches on his back, forehead pressing into his sweaty skin. "'Do you have a cell for when you've gotten yourself beaten all bloody in the field?' August said softly against him. "'Do you have it here?' Gwen's eyes widened. He started to respond, but August withdrew, and the sensation of it, the emptiness that followed, left him making a small, hollow sound. August placed a calming hand on his hip, then stepped away, bending down to pick up Gwen's shirt. Gwen knew it would be his to clean himself up. A moment later, the fabric of it was pressing between his legs, rubbing down the center of him with a familiarity that felt almost too intimate. Gwen squirmed, rolled sideways. He held out his bound wrists instead. August looked at them, looked at Gwen. He reached forwards and loosened the belt buckle, moving the loops off both his wrists. He smiled faintly when he saw the abrasions on Gwen's wrists and held up his own. They had a matching set. Gwen found his lips quirking up, unbidden. "'Do you have that salve?' August said. Gwen realized belatedly why August was asking, and pushed himself off the bed. It took him a moment to remember how to coordinate himself properly. August took him apart, and Gwen wasn't used to putting himself together again this quickly. "'Lie down,' Gwen said, opening one of his cabinets and drawing the pot of salve down. "'On your stomach.' His wrists and hands were shaking. His breathing hadn't returned to normal." The word surrender whispered in his mind, and he ignored it as best he could. It was a dull bell, rhythmic and incessant. It wouldn't leave now until he'd properly acknowledged it. But he couldn't. August was lying face down on the bed, his head on pillows and turned to the side, eyes closed, when Gwen turned back to him. Gwen saw the damage he'd wrought and froze. Where August's ass had simply been red before, he was bruised. Deep, opaque bruises some almost black, had broken out in several places. Blood vessels had broken. Gwen felt sick with himself. He hadn't realized. It looked like violence. Gwen was familiar with violence. He'd had bruises like this himself growing up. The high-pitched noise in the back of his throat came without his knowledge. No, August said, and Gwen's eyes snapped to his. August was watching him calmly. It's all right. It will heal and there is a vast difference between whatever your mind is telling you and what I experienced. To my surprise, I got hard, remember? 
I would have come if you hadn't bought the tears. Some of those tears were real, weren't they? Gwen said, and swallowed around his own shaking voice. He stepped towards the bed, unscrewing the lid on the salve. He could, at the very least, do this. If your expression is anything to go by, then my ass is obviously telling you that the answer to that is yes. Gwyn licked his lips nervously as he dipped his hand into the aromatic herbal unguent and spread it as carefully as he could over August's flesh. The skin radiated a searing heat, and Gwen shook his head at himself. August had told him that he didn't know his own strength, but the truth was that Gwen had been holding back. August, to his credit, didn't make any sounds of discomfort, though the application of the salve had to be hurting him. After a few minutes, he sighed in relief, and Gwen sighed silently with him. That salve is good. What's in it? August said. I have no idea. Smells like ferrowort, and maybe golden leaf skin? August sounded like he was almost talking to himself. It's expensive. It was expensive, Gwen said. I get wounded enough that I don't want to scrimp on arguments. My ass thanks you. Gwen chuckled helplessly, and a moment later, August did the same. Gwen took several more minutes, making sure he was thorough, reapplying the salve in sections that seemed particularly bruised. Already the heat radiating was less intense. Gwen put the pot back on his desk once he was done, tentatively pressed his palm to August's side. August hummed in response, didn't tell him to stop, so Gwen kept it there. I thought you were going to hit me, Gwen said, and August pushed himself up onto his forearms and looked at him, gaze serious. He seemed to be thinking of what to say. Gwen waited, bit his lower lip. I'm not interested in doing that with you, August said finally. Why? Gwen said, frowning. August pursed his lips. You don't remember, do you? I wondered. You were very dazed at the time. Remember what? August scratched at a point on his shoulder, and then took a deep breath, sighed it out. When you first came to me, during those scenes, you became quite dazed and tired, understandably. We were still going, it was still an active scene. You hadn't yet yielded your heart song to me, but I knew you were close. It was fractured, and you'd already told me about Kalida and Nuithon, and we'd made so much progress. But there were a handful of places you were holding back so stubbornly. And I... At this point I knew you had father issues, so I decided I would spank you, because I like to push to see where it gets me. It went poorly, to say the least. Three strikes in, I knew something was very wrong. Gwen didn't remember any of this. He stared at August in shock. And it was compounded when you simply said, Father, I didn't mean to. August shook his head, looked past Gwen as though he were seeing the scene itself. Seeing the way you reacted, hearing what you said, and so quickly... I decided that wouldn't ever be a thing I did to you. You can ask for it, but I'm not interested in doling out corporal punishment with you. August grimaced. Chances are high you'd be able to handle it some day. Even today. Things change, and people's limits shift and grow and alter. That's normal. But I'm not interested in doing it. I think you could ask me, and I still wouldn't. Gwen was surprised to hear that August had a boundary with this. He couldn't remember that part of the scene with August at all. Even upon hearing what he'd said, it didn't jog any memories. He didn't remember ever being spanked by August. He wondered what else he might have forgotten, being pushed down so far into a disoriented space so that August could draw forth the answers that he wanted, so that Gwen could tell someone what he'd done. That's why I didn't return the favor, August said, resting his head on his crossed forearms and looking out into the room. I was surprised you did it. I suppose that that's the curious part of you that wants to try everything at least once. More than once, Gwen said, clearing his throat. He flushed, ashamed, because after the damage he'd done, how could he want to do it again? But August had said it himself. He'd gotten hard. He would have come if Gwen had kept doing it. And August was capital Fay, and they had the salve. Oh, is that so? <laughs> August laughed behind his closed mouth. Good luck with that. Time passed, and August's breathing was even, slow. His eyes were closed. He looked like he was drifting off into a doze, 
Gwen knew better than to think he was falling asleep. What is happening in your kingdom? Why is Albion here? Olga's voice was sleep-soft, so benign. Gwen closed his eyes. You can't help me. Tell me anyway, Olga said. Gwen took several deep breaths, and then told him about Albion's visit, about all that Creel likely had planned. August listened without comment, though he tensed halfway through. When Gwen wound down to a finish and opened his eyes, August was watching him once more. It's easy, August said. What is? If she was doing such a satisfactory job entertaining your court, they'd be happy, wouldn't they? It's easy to get around what she wants. Simply appoint someone from outside of the court, aim for someone capital or even actorial, someone she'd never lower herself to befriend. I don't know, some forest-faced species. They hold intriguing parties from time to time, even on the seely side of things. And when Albion questions you, tell him that it was obvious that Creel wasn't able to keep the Fae happy, if they are so wanting for leisure and entertainment. Tell him that she has obviously done the best that she could, but that she would clearly benefit from some outside experience. I'm sure you could think of some proverb about many hands lightening the load, or something else inane. You'd be throwing whatever forest fair you nominated to the proverbial wolves, of course, because Creel and her cliques sound like they'd tear them apart within weeks. But it would buy you time to look for someone outside of Creel's influence whom you can trust, and then you can install them in the same position. Gwen stared at him, and August raised his eyebrows briefly, closed his eyes again. Easy, August said again, quietly. Why didn't you think of it? You're not an idiot when it comes to running your court. Is it that she clouds your judgment? Never mind. Don't answer. Silence stretched between them. Gwen's brow furrowed. He rested his own head in his palm where he sat on the bed. Over and over, a loud, droning voice inside of him. Surrender, surrender, surrender. <laughs> no, it simply can't be, Gwen said again. I won't allow it. Hmm? August shifted onto his hip so that he could face Gwen properly. Oh, that. You did this to me, Gwen whispered, despairing. No, August said, and you're thinking about it the wrong way. If you surrender to your court, then certainly it is a tragic center, and I would be remiss if I didn't slap you up and down your palace in response to that. But, ah, it's powerful. You could surrender to yourself— your needs, the things you want, the things you are. You could do so much with it if you pointed it in the right direction. Though, in the meantime, you shall have to be careful. Gwen almost laughed. Careful? In exactly the way he hadn't been with August, giving himself away to him over and over again? Even today? He'd been trying to make a point, and instead he'd ended up beneath him again, and glad of it. At least realize that. A quiet knock on the door. Gwen turned quickly as a small envelope was pushed beneath the door. He got off the bed and picked it up, recognized the handwriting of one of his more literate troes. The one he'd posted on the matter of Tigbalon. The only tro he trusted with the specifics of this task. Here, then, was an answer, a possibility of allocating August with powers that would hold him in good stead if he was ever released. Something more than waterweed and underwater domes and nurturing wetlands. He opened the envelope, read the missive quickly, felt a galvanizing rush of tension and blood move through him. "'I may be gone for a couple of weeks,' Gwen said, looking up from the letter. "'I expect to only be gone about two days, but it could be much longer. The Tros can get you whatever you need, and you'll be safe if you keep to your rooms, the lake, and my personal rooms.' August had lifted himself onto his arms again, wide-eyed. "'You haven't told me everything, have you?' he said. "'August, I can't,' Gwen said. "'You'll just have to—' Trust me. A pained moment as August narrowed his eyes, clearly unwilling to extend any trust at all. But Gwen had to get ready. He had to leave. Tigbalon was willing to have an audience with him, but only if Gwen went to him, and only if he left in the next few hours. The Troes wouldn't have interrupted him for anything less while he was in his own room. Extend me a measure of trust, Gwen said, and August's eyes widened. He scowled and dropped back to the bed, making a sound of displeasure in his throat. Fine, August said, but you had best. Gwen was already teleporting away to where his traveling clothes were kept. 
He missed the end of the sentence, and wondered what August had been about to say, even as he pulled on new clothing, even as he turned his mind to the task. He hoped his court would hold together in the meantime. Albion was there, and he had told the Troes to let Albion know if he was called away on urgent business. But he didn't much like the idea of leaving the court in charge of Albion and Creel. But he needed to do this for August, and he knew, out of the court in August, which mattered more. After that, it was easy to know what he had to do. He only hoped the cost wouldn't be too high.